Hello, everyone, and welcome to Write or Die. My guest today is Isabel Sterling, and her forthcoming book is called These Witches Don't Burn. It's coming from Razorbill in 2019. How are you, Isabel? I am very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to hear more about your book. I am a big fan of witches, as you know, so I'm super stoked about uh, to hear a little bit more about it. Yeah, witches are like super in fashion right now, and I'm very here for it. They should always be in fashion. That's seriously. Truth. <laughs> All right, so let's jump right into it. So for those of you who are not familiar with this podcast, um, it's about authors who had to struggle to get their foot in the publishing door. And the more struggle, the better for this podcast, truly, because that is what everyone mostly goes through, except for a few people, but they're not invited on this podcast because we don't care about them. <laughs> um, so can you tell me a little bit about your querying journey? I know that you started writing your book in 2012, correct? Yes, it was uh, the NaNoWriMo, so that uh, November month where everybody tries to write a book in a month. Um, actually, Halloween that year, I was like driving to my grandma's because I was taking my little cousins out trick-or-treating. And I was like, you know what? I should write a book. That seems like something I should do. <laughs> um, I was in grad school, and I just was miserable. Um, and I was like, I needed that outlet. And then the next day, I just started <laughs> Oh, wow. So what, what were you studying in grad school? Um, so I have a master's in uh, student affairs. Um, I think the actual program is called higher education or higher and post-secondary education administration. Um, so basically, okay, so nothing, yeah. nothing writing related. <laughs> no. So basically, we studied a lot about like why students either persist in college or why they drop out, student development theory. Um, so like housing and judicial affairs and um all those different kinds of offices that aren't academic are the types of things that I studied. Tell me a little bit more about what happened when you wrote the book and when you decided to query it. Yeah, so I basically pants uh, the entire novel through the entire month of November. And I, I finished the whole thing in a month. Um, okay, so I've standard. Always, <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, so that's part of what I loved about Dana was that it taught me how to like finish things, um, which mm. was a good starter. So after that... Um, I realized I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> so I uh, did a lot of, like, Googling about revision um, and how to actually, like, structure a novel, um, so that was, like, I don't know, it's like, December through, I guess, like, kind of, like, the early summer, I was, like, revising, um, and then I decided to jump in and query that summer, so I did a lot of, I mostly just Googled, I used Query Tracker a lot. Yeah, that's how I got started. And how did that go? How was your first foray into the query trenches? <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> I, well, first, I didn't really understand how to tell, like, who was, like, a legitimate agent and who was just, like, some rando who was, like, loud on Twitter. Oh, no. Um <laughs> It's never good. So I just, no. So, I mean, it worked out fine because, like, nobody cared about my book because it wasn't very good. <laughs> I think I got one full request uh, out of like the hundred queries I oh sent. God. So that tells you about oh how good it was. <laughs> one full request? Oh gosh. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Okay. So then what yep. happens next after all of that? Which, first of all, I commend you for continuing to go on because a lot of people wouldn't. <laughs> and 
that's amazing. It's amazing not only that you kept going, but that you now have a book coming out. So that just goes <laughs> to show you, like, it doesn't mean it's not meant to be for you. Authors can be so dramatic about that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. oh, th- this is the book of my heart. It's not getting any requests. So I'm just not meant to be a writer. It's like, no, it's just this one book. Like, that doesn't mean yeah. give up completely. So, so what happened next? So you got the 99 rejections <laughs> and the one full request and then what yeah so jesus so i probably was around well i decided to do nano again so i think for me the big thing well one i'm super stubborn and you can't tell me okay. no so i'm gonna like if i want to do it i'm gonna do it okay. um so that was for me um I really loved writing. It was something I loved more than anything I'd ever done. And I had been in a creative field in my undergrad. I studied music composition. So I was used to like rejection stuff, but like this, I like loved deep in my soul in a way that I didn't with music, even though I went to school for it. So I was like, well, I'm going to write another book because this is just fun for me. Um, So I did Nano again. uh, And then I got some new critique partners who were like super helpful and kind of took it to that next level. And I queried again. Um, and it went slightly better, uh, not great. <laughs> so I, I tried to find the stats, but I no longer have my query tracker account. Um, but I queried and I think I got like a third, like of the queries I sent out asked for either pages or a full or whatever. Uh, well, part of that is I did, um, uh, there's an agent who offered like a writing YA course. So I took that course in February, would have been 2014. So I learned how to like write a good query. <laughs> so I think that's helped with the request rate. The books, were they similar to These Witches Don't Burn or were they like completely different topics? Um, so the actually the first one, <laughs> funnily enough, the first book was actually pretty similar okay. in that uh, they weren't witches, but it was that like elemental magic kind of thing. And then it was like, part of the problem with the first book is that it was like kind of a second world fantasy and that it like wasn't our earth, but it like had all of our technology. So it was kind of like a weird setting, but it still had that like, you know, I, I mean, I was obsessed with Avatar. So like it has that like elemental, like sort of bending-ish kind of magic. Okay. Um, so that's similar in them. Um, and then the second book was actually a like high fantasy dual point of view with like a thief on one hand and then like a princess on the other who was like queer and was like had an arranged marriage with like a straight guy and it was like a whole mess um it was so, a yeah, pretty thing. different <laughs> it was the whole thing and this also is still like uh this was also my phase where I was like I'm just like a really good ally and that's why I'm writing all these queer characters but I'm totally straight <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so oh, that was okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a journey sometimes, right? For you to like yeah. discover it. And I think it's kind of yeah. cool that you sort of discovered that side of you like through your writing. I think that's really awesome. Um, so, okay. So we're in 2014 now. Mm-hmm. Years after you wrote your first book at, in Nano, you took the course. You have a better request rate and then what happens? Um, So I had a lot of uh, a good number of requests and I was like, people used to say, I don't know if they still do, but they used to be like, if you get like a 25% request rate on your query, you're like basically guaranteed to get an agent. 
So that was like a number that was like a thing that existed in 2014. And I was like, I've got this. I've got like a 30% request rate. This is going to be great. And then everybody was like, eh, it's okay. (laughs) We like it, but we don't love it enough. So sorry. Uh, See, that's why I hate those like sweeping rules about writing. Like um, on Reddit today, I'm doing this AMA and someone was like, well, everyone says that your first book always get you always have to shelve it you know and it's like well not necessarily like like yeah that happens to a lot of people but that's not like a hard and fast rule like you can revise your first book for a long time and then get an agent from it but it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily always happen that way so uh, yeah. <laughs> we're like shooting for that 25% you were like oh my god I still got this I'm at 30% yes <laughs> Oh, that's so so funny, too, because like, I think there's also there's a very specific skill that is like you can write a really awesome query letter and like a bang in first five pages. That doesn't mean you can sustain it through a whole novel. Right. And I think that's kind of what my problem was at that point is that like I could do a really good opening and then it kind of just fell to mush in the middle. Okay. Yeah. Middles are really difficult, aren't they? They are. (laughs) So then what happens next? All right, so I'm trying to think where we are now. Okay, so I was querying that. And so my thing is I always start something new. So as I was querying that novel, um, I actually went on a writing retreat with um, a couple of friends who actually met through Twitter. Um, so we went to Scotland, where one of them lived, which oh is gosh. David, who is my critique partner, and he's amazing. Um, so we spent a week in, in Scotland, which was just the best, <laughs> which financially probably should not have gone, but it was a good time. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. That's fine. Those are my previous mistakes. It's fine. Um, but so while I was there, I started my third book, which was the first one that I wrote um, not during Nano, which was an experience because I no longer had that like artificial deadline. I just had to write it because like I decided it was time to write it. Um, and that one was like, that, that one almost broke me because it was the book that I was like, this has to get me an agent because it's so like, I mean, two to my own horn. And obviously it was not that good because it did not get an agent. But I was like, this is such a cool book. Like, of course, this is going to be the one. And it was like a, that was also a witch book, but it was like semi-historical and it was like a um, non-chronological timeline. Um, and I was like, this is like the best thing I've ever written. Like, it's definitely going to get an agent. Um hmm. And spoiler alert, didn't. <laughs> Darn it. Um, yeah. So, spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, so this one, I'm trying to remember, this also had a really good request rate because it had a really killer opening and a cool, like, query. So I think it was almost like 45% requested the full. Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> I and, mean, it's better than one yeah. full request. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, sure. so that one like really crushed me. Cause I was just like, I was so sure that it was going to be the one. And then so many people wanted to read it. And then they were just like, we don't know what to do with it <laughs> or like didn't connect or whatever. Actually yeah. my current agent now, uh, she actually rejected it. And I think she was the one who was like, I like this, but I don't know like how to sell it. Okay. And your current agent is Kathleen Russell. And she is at um, the Andrea Brown literary agency. And she is amazing. She really is. She's like one of my favorite agents. That's not my agent. Yeah. I really love her. She's so great. Um, Mm -hmm. 
and it was like a journey to get to her, um, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, but she is so amazing and she's such like, she's so nice, but she's also like, she's so like smart and savvy and like kind of a, I don't know what the right word is. Maybe like a, she's kind of a bulldog when it comes to like negotiations. Like she's going to fight for you. That's which like you, you wouldn't, Yeah. And you wouldn't necessarily expect because she's like super nice. And then yeah. she's just like, no, no, we're not accepting this. This is not right. <laughs> But that's like perfect, I feel mm-hmm. like, because you need somebody who's going to be really tough. But I couldn't picture myself with an agent who wasn't like friendly, at least. Yeah. I would just be like, wait, why don't, why do you hate me? <laughs> <laughs> like all the time. Um, So, so this other witch book, the third mm-hmm. one didn't sell and you were really sad that's totally understandable but you were getting closer right because your request rate was increasing with every book yeah for sure I was definitely like getting close um and like thankfully I was able to and this is kind of the thing that I do is I as soon as I hit send on queries I like kind of stop thinking about it um and just like jump to whatever the next thing is gonna be that's really smart actually um I have friends who, um, I won't call them out, but (laughs) they have this app that tracks, um, emails. So you know know when the agent opens your email and you get a notification and it is, I used to call it the hell app because I was like, this is the most unhealthy thing that you could ever do while querying. Like, it's really not good for you. So forgetting about it is like the best probably the best thing for your mental health and just everyone involved everyone in your life (laughs) luceli luna is used to ghosts you kind of have to be when you live in a house haunted by the spirits of your dead loved ones when luceli tries to help her father's failing ghost tour business she opens the gates to you know the place down there and now she has to protect her family before evil spirits take over her town and drag everyone she loves into the underworld. Follow Clarabelle on Twitter at Clarabelle underscore Ortega for a title reveal coming soon. And add hashtag Ghostbook to Goodreads today. Yeah, and I, I really think like a big part of the reason I am the way I am when it comes to like when I did queries and everything is because I did a, for four years as a music student like we had our work torn apart every week by our peers. Um, so I'm just, I was so used to that. So I was just like, I don't know, I guess I got kind of that like preciousness kind of like <laughs> broken out of me while I was in, in college. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think anyone who comes from like journalism or like music or anything creative where you have to take critique, I think that's like an advantage going into being a writer because it's not your first time having the door like slammed in your face. Absolutely. So we are at the, you, you're at the writing retreat. Your book doesn't get you an agent. Mm-hmm. What's next? Okay. So, um, yep. So I started that book at a writing retreat and then I actually finished my next book at another writing retreat, like okay. a year later. So this time we went to Wales and it was a bigger kind of group of people. So I got to meet some really cool authors. Um, yeah. So <laughs> like going everywhere. <laughs> yeah, honestly. So, so while I was doing all this, I was a residence director at a college. So I had free housing. 
Um, I also did not know how to budget. So like that was a thing. But I was like, I don't know, this will fit on my credit card. This makes sense. <laughs> so I did go on a couple of uh, just those two retreats. Um, but it was really cool. And so we were in Wales and I had been writing this witch book, which actually it was weird. The first draft of this book was so ridiculous. It so it still always had my main character who was like an out and proud lesbian, but also um like a witch. So in the original version, she wasn't like a witch with cool powers, which is like my thing. So I don't know why I didn't do it in the first draft, but she was like descendant from like the witches of like the Salem witch trials. Okay. Um, but so yeah, so I wrote, I finished that while I was on that retreat. Um, and then like three-ish weeks later, um, I realized that I was bisexual and then I tried to revise the novel and I just couldn't. <laughs> my whole mm-hmm. like I just, for whatever reason, my, my writing brain completely shut down and I just, I had this moment, I actually posted into like a Facebook group that I was in that was like a writer group. And I was like, I don't think I can write anymore. Like, I think writing was just my way of coming out. And now that I'm out, I have nothing to say. Oh my gosh. No. (laughs) I was real dramatic. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, you were. But I mean, I can understand it also because like you were going on a journey of like self-discovery along with your characters. So Mm -hmm. even though it's like a little bit dramatic, it also has some weight to it because you were learning about yourself. And once you did, you were like, okay, the journey's over, I guess. (laughs) Like, like my arc is completed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) Okay, so... Did did anyone in that group give you any like good advice or were they just like walk, like backing away slowly from the conversation? Like I don't know how to help. You. <laughs> no, they were they were definitely helpful. I think a lot of it was like they were like this is very new. Just like take some time to like just be you and like it'll come back. So oh. they were like, don't force it. Just give yourself you know some time. And that's basically what I did is I just kind of put it away. I convinced myself that I was done writing, that it had served the purpose that it needed to serve. And then I you know, got out in the world and I was dating, I actually met my now wife. Um, so we were dating. Um, and then so finally, yeah, yeah, it was such a nice time too. Like, um, or it was nice. It's so funny. Cause like, so I actually, the, the previous boyfriend who I'd broken up with, part of the reason we broke up was, because he felt that I was ignoring him because I was so busy writing all the time. Mm, um, jerk. Yeah, I mean, it just, I mean, I don't really hold, like, too hard of feelings. Because, um, like, we just, like, we're not compatible. So, like, yeah. we both have done better things without each other. So, it's kind of fine. But, yeah, so it's nice. It's weird. Like, so I kind of went into this relationship with my wife, like, identifying as like I'm a writer that's a thing I do and then the first like six months of our relationship I like just didn't write she's like sure honey you're a writer yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think she can tell because like I talked way too much about my books <laughs> when we were first like messaging on like okcupid she was like Aww. all right all right okay <laughs> oh that's so cute though yeah. I love it okay um so go on. I'm sorry. That yeah, was just so really cool. adorable. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, she's so great. She's super supportive. And like, especially when I have like new ideas, she loves to brainstorm like new ideas with me. She actually helped me figure out like part of the plot for my sequel. Cause I was complaining in the car, we were driving to the movies and she was like, well, why don't you just do this? And I was like, Oh my God, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> like, why don't so I just that, do that? <laughs> does that mean you owe her money now? 
Well, I mean, we are married, so all my money is her money anyways. Oh, okay. <laughs> so fine, fine. I was trying to start, like, drama in your household. Right? And <laughs> shut me down. It's yeah. whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. We, we always joke that, like, uh, you know, you know, my stuff is her stuff. And so she, I'm always stealing her socks and she's going to have all my book money. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's even. Right. Socks are a precious commodity when you get older. Let me tell you, we just spent $100 <laughs> on socks this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> like, my dog ate so our dog ate like all of our socks and oh so my she, God, all she's she pretty much I mean this is over the course of like the year that we've had her oh, she's like I thought she like socks. had like one sock feast that <laughs> no. down um, no she waits by the dryer as we're like taking clothes out and waits for the socks to drop and then she runs away with them oh my she, god she has an addiction she's so bad <laughs> she's such a stinker but yeah so my wife used to work at like a running shoe store so she has me addicted to like these really like nice high quality socks and they're like 13 dollars a piece i she love this <laughs> anyway it's not ready to wedding, but this is the thing that happened <laughs> it's fine i really i like this conversation about yeah. socks it's hilarious <laughs> okay yeah so so this brings us to like the christmasy time and like early january of uh math 2016 um now so i finally had this spark of like so i tried to revise my fourth novel a couple of times and it's like wasn't working wasn't working and then i finally had this like moment of like you know what i love as a reader and as a writer like i love like magic like flashy like magic and my book didn't have any of that I was like you know what it needs like like fancy magic-y witches not like you know just like oh I'm descended from the people of the trials it was like no they need to have cool powers like that's what I like (laughs) yeah so once I figured that out I rewrote the basically the entire novel the only thing that stayed the same was like some of the like the reasonings changed but like the ending kind of stayed the same in terms of, like, some of the, like, plot twists that happened there. And, like, the first, very first scene mostly stayed the same. The entire rest of the book had to be gutted because I had to add all the world building and all this stuff. I deleted a bunch of characters and I added characters. Um, So basically it was a brand new book. God, that's so hard to do. (sighs) Honestly, it's sort of become, like, especially the last few books I've written, like that's sort of become my process where the first draft literally gets thrown out and then I start over. Um, so that's fun. Yeah. I, I mean, I commend you because I feel like heavily revising a book that way is harder than like starting a new book from scratch. But I think it depends on the kind of writer that you are. It just makes my brain hurt (laughs) to do those kinds of things. But everyone works differently so I bet it just like lends itself to your style of it does so like for me like I hate writing a first draft like to me that is absolute torture and I hate every second of it uh but revising it for me is fun so even though like the second draft is basically just doing a new first draft because I've already done it wrong I know kind of what the right way is so it feels like revision so it feels more like analytical and like, okay, I can put this puzzle together and it can make it work versus like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to try it. Uh, I don't know. So that's, that's my first uh, it's like the official draft noise. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So, so what happens next with this book? Okay. So I, I rewrote it and got it actually in like 
a story that I thought was fun. And also the part that like took a lot of work too was in the time between, it's been about eight months kind of in between the first draft being done and starting this new one. And in that time I'd like come out and I'd met my wife. And like, so obviously I was a very different person. I had a very different lens on like how, yeah. especially like the queer content. So the book, like the main character was always gay. Uh, and now I kind of knew what that actually meant <laughs> like in a way that I had it's so before. Yeah. It's so funny that you didn't know before and like all your characters were queer and like, <laughs> you were just like, yeah, I don't, I'm not gay. I just, no. I just really like writing queer characters. Yeah. Well, and the part that's funny too is that, so my critique partner, um, when he had read my second book, which is the first one of mine he had read, which had like the lesbian princess, he was like, he wasn't like, a, I don't know, he was nice about it, but he was like, are you, it's like, what's your deal? I was like, oh no, I'm straight. He's like, mm, are you sure? I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, he tried to, he tried to tell you. Yeah, well, are you probably, sure? Probably for like context, he is also, like he is gay. So like, it wasn't like some straight person. Oh, okay. Like, uh, okay. So he, I think he just kind of recognized like that kind of, you know, that family feeling you kind of get of like, yeah, that person's like me. I think that's probably mm-hmm. a lot of what it was. And he, so, um, yeah, he was very uh, supportive when I did finally uh, come out. Uh, he was just like, yeah, this is the best. So he didn't, like, throw it in my face, like, haha, I knew, which was nice. Yeah, he wasn't a, a butthead about yeah. it. He was a good friend. <laughs> but he also, like, he knew. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he gave you, like, his eyes were twinkling. He's yeah. like, I'm so happy for you, yeah. but I told you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so a lot of stuff had to change because there's a big difference, I found, uh, through the course of this in, like, intellectually understanding like what like you know privilege means or understanding what it you know different types of like microaggressions like because I understood intellectually because I actually used to teach um as a residence director I would teach um like diversity type programming to my res uh my RAs my resident assistants so I taught them about like you know like how to be like an ally to the LGBTQ community and so I kind of like I knew it and like an intellectual level but then I didn't really get it until I was living it and I was like dating somebody who like won't hold my hand in public because she'd been screamed at before in public mm-hmm. so there's a big difference like the emotional yeah. impact of that absolutely oh, that makes me sad and angry I hate yeah. people who are like that but yeah and it's it's the thing that was surprising for me too is it happened in like you know in a, a, you know Syracuse uh, which is where we used to live in New York. It's like, you know, it's the Northeast. People think it's super liberal, but like, not always. Not upstate New York. Yeah. There's definitely pockets of the kind of the rural upstate in like central New York where it's like people are very, very conservative. Um, super. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So. so you're out now, you're dating girls, and you are writing in a way that you never have before mm-hmm. through a different lens. Mm-hmm. So how did that affect you and your journey to get an agent? Yeah, so I think probably the biggest way it affected it. So I finished my revision, um, you know, and I, I did probably, so I did my major revision, had my kids partner read it revised again which I don't think there was a ton that he had me kind of address um and then the major thing is that I participated in DV pit on twitter um which I definitely would not have if I thought I was a straight person (laughs) um and yeah so that was a really good experience that was the first time I actually because I've done I had done like previous pitch contests I think I did like 
PitMed, um, maybe a couple of others. And they just like, I don't know if my, my, uh, my like pitches weren't great or what the deal was, but this was the first time I had like a big response um on twitter and had like a lot of likes on my thing and i was also at this point actually like knew how to tell if someone was like a good agent or not or even just if they would be a good fit for me because i'd been around the yeah. world a few times <laughs> <laughs> you weren't going by by loudness anymore yeah. and well i actually i had like um the a subscription to publishers marketplace so i knew how to like look and see if somebody actually had any sales and if they were to like big five publishers um, and I also just knew I had been, a, you know, four years at that point, I'd been kind of in the the Twitter community. So I kind of knew like people who were, they were le- legitimate agents and they had good sales, but they just like didn't, I didn't feel like they vibed with like what I was doing or just like I could tell I would like, right. wouldn't jive with them as like a person for whatever reason. Um, right. Yeah. So I did DB Pit and sent out the queries and I also kind of previous and following that I was also just doing regular queries as well um and so I'd been querying for about a month and I woke up one day and I had a message on my phone and or an email and I opened it it was you know early it was like five six in the morning and I opened it and I was like here we go another rejection no big deal and then it started like, you know, the email started like talking about like how much she loved my book and how great it was. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, this is it. <laughs> so I'm like freaking out. I like, so at this point, my wife, we were living together at this point because um, we did that thing that they uh, stereotype that uh, queer girls do. And we totally moved in together within like a month. So <laughs> anyway, it worked out fine. Um, so I'm like smacking her awake um, as I'm like, up in bed and she's like what and I'm like I just I just uh, I just I got I got an offer email and then I went to show her and there was nothing on my phone and I was like uh what? what happened did I just dream that like did that not actually happen uh turns out as I was sitting up I had deleted the email <laughs> <laughs> well that's way better than it a being right. a dream or b you like re- responding with like your butt right. and it just being like a line of like nonsensical text oh so that's like best case scenario yeah. for the things that could go wrong in that yeah, moment I, I had such a panic I was literally sitting in bed and going like did I literally just imagine that and I was like no no like I remember reading it like I wouldn't have dreamed it that specifically with those particular words but yeah I found it in my trash <laughs> <laughs> I had to undelete it. Um, and yeah, so that was probably the coolest day ever because I had like, I'd always kind of like prepared, like, or, you know, I've read the, the blog post where it's like, what to do, what an op- an agent offers and how to email everybody else and let them know. And I was like, oh my God, I actually get to send those emails. This is like amazing. So did you write back right away or what did you do? Did you like try to like gather yourself did you cry what happened what else happened besides you deleting the I, email so, <laughs> I know. Um, so I'm like this so basically I was actually just talking to my wife so I'm basically a super nerdy mom joke wrapped in cat hair is basically how I describe myself so I just kind of flailed around in a little oh, happy man. dance like a weirdo and then I actually got up and like opened my laptop and like actually like composed a proper email back um but this particular agent lived in okay. a very different time zone. Um, so it was a little bit like weird setting up the call because like we had we had like 
I don't know, it was like 13 hours apart or something ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so I sent that out and I honestly, I don't even necessarily remember like all the things that happened. Cause like the next like, week just happened so fast. I ended up wow. having five offers, um, of representation. Yeah. So it was a whirlwind of like offers coming in. So I think this was a Friday and then by like Monday I had, you know, two more offers and it just like went really, really fast. Um, I talked to a lot of agents, um, and yeah, it was, it was absolutely kind of like this whirlwind of like, I can't believe this is actually happening, which made it kind of weird talking to agents. I think at that point I like, didn't feel like I deserved to be talking to them necessarily. So like, I was very, I was a little like timid on the phone of like, I like, wasn't sure like what to ask. Like I, like I knew what to ask them and I had like a list of things to ask them, but it just, it was like a weird dynamic. I feel like, cause I was like, I've worked so hard to get to this point and now that I'm here, like it yeah, almost it's doesn't always feel real. surreal. I feel like every step is surreal and it's always like, this can't really be happening to me. Like this is so strange. So I can relate to that feeling for sure. I feel like any author who's gotten that email knows that feeling well. So you got your agent offers and you obviously picked Kathleen out of all those agents, right? So actually, fun story. I actually did it. So tell me more. This this is my like, yes. So this is like my weird story of like how I ended up with Kathleen. Um, And it's like a little (laughs) embarrassing because so she actually was one of the agents who offered the first time around. And I oh my didn't gosh. pick her. Kathleen, um, listen, I'm so <laughs> I was so sorry. <laughs> but honestly, it's kind of, it is, I don't know. So I think what happened um, was so I, the person I picked, so I ended up signing is, I mean, it's not like a secret. I signed with Molly Jaffa, who was cur- at that point, okay. she's at Folio Lit. Um, and part of what happened here is I think, so they talk a lot um, when you, research, I guess, about publishing, how timing is kind of everything. Um, and I think that is kind of like Kathleen and I, our timing was always just Hold on a one little second. bit. Poncho just decided to start barking for no reason. <laughs> Poncho, Poor buddy. I'm trying to record a podcast. Have some respect. It's probably like a deer outside <laughs> and he's like, I need to alert everyone oh. in the house. Okay, he's laid down. He's fine. All right. <laughs> okay, so so timing. So timing, I said, so with like Kathleen, I feel like this first time around, our timing was just like a little bit off, which I think, so this is like weird. And when we get to like the submission side of things, I think ultimately it was a good thing. Um, but so basically what happened was by the time, I guess, she, I think she was like at a conference or something as all this was happening. Like when I sent out like the, mm-hmm. I have an offer email. So by the time she offered, I had already decided on Molly and I was like, Molly's the right fit. And then, so Kathleen's offer came in super last minute. Like I think the day that I was supposed to make my decision or like the day before. Um, so by the time I talked to her, I was already kind of decided that I was going to go with Molly. Um, so I, I don't think I gave her like, I'm really sorry, <laughs> Kathleen, I love you. But I didn't like give her like a full consideration. I think if I had otherwise like heard from her earlier, cause I'd already like made up my mind. And I mentioned it before, I'm very stubborn. So once I make up my mind, I decide that that's it. Um, yeah. So I ended up going with Molly. Um, which was really hard. There were so many good agents and I was like, uh, I don't know, but that was what I decided to do. Um, and yeah, so it was really exciting. I got to write my, like how I got my agent blog post 
and announce on Twitter, which was really exciting. And I, you know, I started the the DV Squad Facebook page because I was like, we need a spot where we can all like hang out and talk and like commiserate and share, you know, our stories with each other of like how we're navigating through the industry. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like all that stuff happened. And then I got my first edit letter from Molly, and so we like tightened up the plot a little bit. And then we went out on submission. Okay. So for those of you who don't know what submission is, because I actually get a lot of questions about this. Submission is when you submit your manuscript to publishers. So to editors at publishing houses, and then they hopefully bring it to acquisitions and then buy your book. That is what's supposed to happen, but it usually is a lot more messy than that. So tell me about your first submission. process and how that went yeah so I went out on submission uh, it was August of 2016 that sounds right 2016 um, so we went out to a bunch of editors um, and w- like I had done previously whenever my book kind of goes out of my hands I do something new um, and I had always said that I was never ever going to write a middle grade uh, but then my wife and I were watching a lot of ghost adventures on TV and we were, I was sitting there and I was like, God, can you imagine like being one of their kids? Like how ridiculous must their life be? And I was like, Oh, oh my God, God that's, yeah, a book. that's how it happens sometimes, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I ended up that fall while I was on submission, I wrote um, a middle grade book about um, a girl who's her two moms are ghost hunters and they have like a TV show, but she doesn't believe in ghosts because obviously right. ghosts aren't real. Um, so she convinces her parents that she's going to go to boarding school instead of like filming their next uh, like season. And, but of course, you know, spooky things happen at the boarding school and oh no, what is she going to do? <laughs> that sounds really cute. So what happened when you, when, that, so is that the book that you went on sub with or? Nope. So we went on submission with uh, okay. These Witches Don't Burn, which at the time was Burning Salem. So this was like my like thing that I was doing to like keep okay. myself busy, which thank okay. goodness I did because spoilers, I needed oh, to no. query again. <laughs> um, so submission happened. Um, occasionally Molly would like send me updates about like, hey, these people passed. Uh, we didn't really get any like super specific feedback about why. The only like specific thing we got was that they wanted the first like 100 pages okay. to be a little bit tighter. So, um, you know, the fall was pretty pretty slow. I just was working on my new book. Um, and then right around, like, just before Christmas, um, Molly, like, nudged all the editors who still had it. And I, I think there was, like, 10 who still had it. And then, like, right before Christmas, all but, like, two of them were like, nah, we're oh, good, God. thanks. <laughs> and they all passed all no. the same day. So that was super no. fun. That's like the opposite of whatever Christmas, whatever the opposite of a Christmas miracle is. That's what happened. Yeah. Oh, okay. So did you feel like giving up at that point? How did you feel? So at that point, um, well, so the nice thing about having an agent is that they definitely like kind of bolster you up whenever like bad news comes in. Um, And Kathleen does this too. So whenever we get like a rejection, um, both agents that I've had have always been like, you know, remember just one person, I still really believe in you and this is going to be great. So that helps like prevent the like, oh God, yeah, this is never sure. going to sell because there's somebody in your corner who's like, I believe in you. So that's nice. 
So she was, so basically when we got all those rejections, it was this understanding that we would go back out on a second round of submission sometime after the new year was kind of the plan. So, um, during like around like the holiday season, I took a couple of extra days off from work and I did a, uh, another like pass through the book and I added more magic because obviously, um, I, uh, tightened up the ending with uh, the, the emotional arc at the end. Um, that was mostly, I think what I did. I tightened the beginning a little bit too, because of that one editor's note. Um, but the main thing is I added more magic because obviously more always magic is always more. a good thing. Um, always, like right. all the time. Even if your book is not yes. fantasy, you need to add magic to it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have, there's this one one writer who I work with. Um, she was a mentee of mine for that author mentor match. Okay. And her book is contemporary. And it was so hard for me to not be like, are you sure you don't want to put magic in this? <laughs> like, are you sure? <laughs> you don't want to just add like one spell maybe? Like, right? Like, you know. It, it just it, it would be for me it's like it's it's not an easy way because it's definitely you can go like overboard with it but I find it at least for me and the way my brain works it's hard for me to like do stakes when there's no magic I'm like Same I don't know these. yeah I, I don't think I could ever write contemporary I think you have to be like extra good as a writer to write contemporary you well do. you have to have like the perfect voice for sure um so some of the ones I read recently um uh, Dear Martin by Nick Stone was amazing. Yeah, Although, to be fair, I so good. listen to it because I do a lot of audiobooks That's now. Fine. Same thing. Um, so reading. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. Long Way Down by Jason Reynolds was yeah. so good. Everything he writes is amazing. That's Seriously. my first book by him. And oh, it was so good. So great. I, <laughs> the bad part of it was, um, and this is not his fault at all, but I listened to it while I was driving and it was hard to drive and cry at the same time. <laughs> That was not great. Oh, gosh. Okay, so PSA, don't listen to Jason Reynolds' books <laughs> as you're driving because we don't want you to crash anyone. A little dangerous. So, yeah. Um, um, so yeah. What, what else have you read lately? All right, let's see. So I finished um, American Panda. was very good. She's actually – yeah, so I've never like like I don't I haven't met her or anything, but we do share an agent, so yeah. I just feel like a little sisterhood there. Glory is so amazing. Good. Her book was so funny, and I also realized how little I I I know nothing about Taiwanese culture, and I was like, oh, I didn't even I had didn't even know what I didn't know. Yeah, so it was really cool to have like a little window into like that culture because I had. I had no idea. I was like, but her book was so funny. I died laughing. Yeah, Gloria um, is fantastic also. Yeah, she's going to uh, be at a uh, um, conference near me oh, nice. relatively soon. So I'm hoping to be able to go and like be like, hi, we have the same agent. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's, she's, the, she's like the nicest. Gloria is one of my favorite people in publishing, like hands down. She's so sweet. And um, I met her like – two years ago at book expo i want to say like right when i got my first offer of rep so like Mm -hmm. i've known her like through this like whole journey so it's really cool that's awesome yeah Yeah, i I, yeah i listened to her she did she was on a podcast so i feel which i guess is like i don't obviously don't know her but i feel like a little bit like i I know her a little bit because she was on a podcast (laughs) and she seems super nice and super funny now everyone's Um, gonna say that about you i feel like i know (laughs) isabel because i heard her on a podcast Okay, so um, you we're at the opposite of the Christmas miracle moment mm-hmm. of your career right now. Yes. Right, but right before Christmas, you get a buttload of rejections. 
and you are planning on going on sub again after the new year, right? Yes. So I did, I think I spent about a week. Um, and I basically, so I took the, I took a few days off and I had like a whole week off from work. Um, cause of the holiday spell, which was nice. I love being able to use like two vacation days and get a whole week off. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so I did this revision, I added more magic, I tightened up the beginning, I ramped up some of the emotional intensity at the end, um, and then I sent it to Molly, um, and then I also, around the same time, um, or I guess, I guess during that month, I also revised the middle grade with the ghosts, um, so then I was expecting by, like, mid to late January that we would send the, um, the Why the Witch book back out into the world, so when I got an email from Molly, I think it was like the, was the end of January, early February, somewhere in there. She was like, hey, can I give you a call real quick? And I was like, yeah, sure. Thinking like she's going to give me the sub list and we're going to go out and sub and it's going to be great. She gave me a call and she was like, uh, I'm really sorry, but I got a job offer and I can't turn it down. So she ended up getting, um, I don't know like exactly what happened, but so she is now a book scout which has something to do with foreign rights, which she used to do for folio. So I was like, okay. I mean, obviously I was like very happy for her. I was like, awesome. You go do, you do you, like no hard feelings. Um, But then I was like, after the phone call, I was like, okay, so I'm not going on sub and I have no agent. This is great. Oh my God. Oh gosh. That's so, okay. So what, did you do in that moment like after you got on off the phone with her well uh first thing I did was I messaged my critique partner because he he's like my my rock and I'm like oh my god this has happened what do I do <laughs> how long did it take you to jump back into querying after you found out that Molly was leaving agenting yeah so it took I would say about four to six weeks to kind of get myself kind of back in gear um and then I wasn't sure what to do because everybody says like you can't really query a book that's been on submission. Um, the good news is I did have my submission list. Like I knew who the book had been out to. Um, so at least there was that, but everybody's like, yeah, you can't, it's not really a thing you can do. Um, so what I did was, so I did kind of two things. So one, I reached back out to Kathleen who had been one of the agents who I really was impressed by, um, when she'd offered like the first time around, but just like, you know, I didn't ultimately pick. So I sent her an email and I was like, hey, remember me? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was just like, I basically told her like, you know, my agent left, left the business. So I'm currently with a lot an agent. My book has been on submission, uh, but I have this new middle grade also. And I basically gave the pitch for the middle grade and like the first two chapters of the middle grade that I had written. And then I also just like generally like put together a query list um, and started like querying just regularly as well. And I also started um, putting together some like pitches in case I had to do DD pit again. Um, uh, yeah, so I did all that stuff. Uh, and then I did a stupid thing, <laughs> which is probably like Uh-oh. the most embarrassing thing that I've probably ever done. And like, <laughs> I just want to be like, Kathleen, I'm sorry. I'm so dumb. Um, so I had messaged <laughs> Kathleen and then my brain does this thing where if I don't hear from somebody right away, I think the worst. So because like she like knew me and we had like communicated before, I figured she'd re- respond pretty quickly to like that email. I mean, yes or no, mm-hmm. either way. And I didn't hear from her for like two weeks. So I was like, uh, well, I really like that agency. 
So I'm going to go ahead and query this other person at that agency. (laughs) Worse. And this is where it gets even more embarrassing. So, okay. So I did that. And then like a week later, I got an offer from somebody else. Um, And so she had offered on the middle grade. And then I, uh, in that, so in my query to like every, all the other agents, I mentioned that like, in addition to this middle grade that I'm querying you about, I also do have this YA. Um, it has been on one round of submission, um, but I do also have it. It's something that I do want to submit again at some point. Um, so I had that call. Um, and that one, it was, so this time around, it was like, I don't know, I guess it was like exciting to have an offer again. Um, and it's also, I think it took about probably about four-ish weeks from the first query to then. Um, so I was like excited to have an offer and then I nudged everybody, um, like I had done before and the person I had queried, which I cannot honestly can't remember who it was. I'd have to check my emails. Um, but the person I had queried at Andrea Brown sent me an email and was like, Hey, I like this a lot, but you know who this would be perfect for? Kathleen. I'm going to send it to her. So oh I had emailed Kathleen. I hadn't heard back. It's been like two, three weeks. And then this other agent was like, yeah, I'm going to just like um, send it to Kathleen for you. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is the most embarrassing thing that could ever possibly happen. Oh, no. You were like, it's okay. You don't have to do that. I can't even remember. I think what happened was maybe Kathleen had gotten back to me about when I had nudged. I think I think I probably was like kind of a jerk and also nudged her that I got an offer because I'm that person apparently. Don't be like me, kids. Don't oh do God. it. Because <laughs> then you'll feel like a jerk. Oh, but thankfully Kathleen is Honestly, like, nice. like bless her heart. Thank God. She like, because she honestly, like, she had every right to be like, this girl is so rude. Like, I'm not going to work with her. Thank goodness that she like gave me a chance. Because <laughs> like, oh, um, oh but yeah, so I ended up telling that other agent, I was like, oh, I already sent it to her. She's got it. Thanks. <laughs> like an awkward, awkward person that I am. So again, oh, God. folks who are listening to this, don't be like me. Don't send it to people at the same agency because it will not be cute if they both like your book. <laughs> it will not be cute. That is so accurate. Um, but yeah, so Kathleen offered, um, and this time around, so the first time around, I didn't even talk to any of her clients because like it was so late in like, I really think, I'm pretty sure she had offered the first time like, within like 12 hours of when I was planning to make my decision. So like, I didn't even talk to any of her clients or anything. Um, so this time around, I actually talked to her clients. Um, and she also on the phone, I think she was, um, I don't know. I, I think she was a little bit like, she, she spoke a little differently than we did the first time around. Like this time she was very much like, you know, you've had an agent before, kind of, you know, the spiel, it's going to come down to like who you think can like has the best vision for your book. These are all the edits I think that your middle grade would need. Um, and they were all so smart and so insightful. And, and like, it really got such a clear sense of like how well she really knew the market. Um, and as an added yeah. bonus, she was also like, I still love your witch book and I think I can sell it. And I want to try to sell that first. So that also definitely was in her favor. Oh, Cause I was yeah. like, yes, please. <laughs> um so so you you had already two offers yeah so I had um, hers one other and then 
pretty sure I had one more. Honestly, like that whole time again, it becomes kind of a whirlwind when it all happens. And like it didn't yeah, imprint sure. as strongly because like I'd already been through it once. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think part of it too was I can't, honestly, I feel so bad. I can't remember who the third person was. Um, but it was really between Kathleen and the first person. And Kathleen just like, you know, because she knew the market so, so well, she loved both of my books, which is like never a guarantee. Like, I hear a lot of people who like they sign with one book and then like what they do with their next book, the agent just doesn't drive with. Um, so I, I had like validation that yeah. she liked my white and she liked my middle grade. So I knew that we were like a really good fit in terms of like the things that we liked. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So I signed with Kathleen, um, which was super great. And she's been amazing since. So I'm like so glad I ended up with her. And here's where like the timing thing kind of comes into play. So we did a, a really small kind of edit and she like tweaked it, helped me like kind of tweak some things. We went back out on submission in June or July. I think June, June sounds right. Um, this is now almost a full year since I went out on submission the first time. So we're June of 17. That sounds right. Um, yeah. So we go out. I'll believe you because I'm not good with like numbers and math and time. Just Honestly, don't ask it's, me. It's the only thing it works for me because the only way I can remember like dates is based on when I graduated from from grad school. So I can always work back like, okay, so I started, so I graduated in 2013 oh from grad school. So it means I started writing in 2012 and then I worked my way forward. <laughs> so that's like the only thing I could do. Oh my it. gosh. See, I start from when I was born. <laughs> so it takes me a really long time figure anything out it's not good um so you go on sub again in the summer which is like traditionally pretty dead in publishing yeah so I ended up getting so we had interest from one house like fairly early and then we didn't hear from them for like six weeks (laughs) they were like I was getting like excited because they were asking about like ooh like what kind of territories are on the table for this submission and like we really like it so I was like ooh they're picking up the acquisitions this is great um, but then they just disappeared for like six weeks we didn't hear from them I was like okay this is cool nice <laughs> um, and then we had rejections coming <laughs> into um, we actually had faster rejections this time around than the first time which was kind of cool that I mean it's weird to say it's cool to have rejections but like the first time. I went and sub. I don't think I heard anything from August until like October. So we had like our first rejection like the next day. Like somebody had read it. They were like, this is the thing I love as a reader, wow. but it just like doesn't really work for this imprint. Um, so that was like, you know, it's not a bad rejection. Right. And they read it so quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, like yeah, we a had a lot sign. of like what I call um, they're just like opposite rejections, um, which had a cooler term. You think I was a writer. I had to have a cool term. But basically like, so we would get one rejection that would be like, ooh, I really love the voice, but like the plot's not my thing. And then the next rejection would be like, oh my God, I love this plot, but like the voice doesn't really jive with me. Um, So we had a lot of those, which is like not helpful for like revising things. Um, But it's like also kind of encouraging because it's like, there's not like a big problem it's just a matter of like taste at that point um but then yeah. so we had sent uh the book to this is, this is where that timing thing comes like into play so kathleen sent the book to somebody at razor bill and that person left razor bill to go um like somewhere else i can't remember where they went um uh, but she gave the manuscript to julie who is now my editor um who is new to razor bill i think she came from disney 
that seems right, but I could be wrong. I'm sorry, Julie, if I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> but so she had like just started at Razorbill and then like this person like passed it to her because she was just leaving, but didn't want to like reject it just because she was leaving. So if I had signed right. with Kathleen sooner and she had sent it to Razorbill, Julie wouldn't have been there. So ultimately it's good that I didn't pick wow. her the first time. You did right? all of it on purpose. You planned this. You knew it was going to happen somewhere deep inside, and you you had it all planned out perfectly. It's but fine. that's so much where people say it. like, "Oh, timing is so important." Like, it really is. Like, if we had, if you know, if I had gone on submission with Kathleen, she probably would have still picked Raceville as part of her first like time out, and Julie wouldn't have been there, and we wouldn't have had that perfect match. So. So it was meant to be. That is really exciting. So tell me a little bit more about These Witches Don't Burn. So do you have a, da- a release date yet or you're still uh, just So it is summer 2019. Uh, we don't have an official date or month yet. Um, I'm currently in the middle of edits with that. I just ter- actually just turned in my edits like two weeks ago, a week and a half ago. And then I turned in my synopsis for my sequel because it's a two book, uh, it's a duology. Um, so I turned in my synopsis this morning, actually. So hopefully, uh, Julie thinks that I have some smart ideas for that, because I don't know. <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit more about these witches don't burn. I want to know all the things. So give me a quick. All right, I probably should have prepared this. The book is about. I'm try it off the cuff. Okay, so these witches don't burn is about Hannah Walsh, who is an elemental witch living in modern day Salem, and she is she is she works at a um like an occult shop in salem hates her job um she's dealing with her ex-girlfriend who is being obnoxious about the breakup and then somebody like mangles a raccoon and has an animal sacrifice at their end of the year bonfire Mm. in the woods which is not great so basically (laughs) not great um so basically she is there is what she thinks is a blood witch um after her coven and things get more and more dangerous um, and she has to figure out who exactly is this blood witch who is targeting um, everybody around her before somebody ends up maybe dead. Boy. I don't know. We'll see. That's probably not a great little synopsis. No, it's but... not great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel so, bad for the kinda... raccoon because they're so cute and they deserve better. But I'm going to – he's a fictional raccoon, so I'm not going to be too bad. Yeah. Um, so kind of a little bit about the world. So, well, one, I kind of, I've described the book, um, so I, I didn't do any comps in my query letter. So for those who you don't have to do them, they're not essential, but they can be helpful. So the comp that I kind of came up with actually last week, um, with some writer friends is it's kind of like Hex Hall by Rachel Hawkins, except Northern and a lot more Oh, gay. okay. <laughs> so, I like that. <laughs> Um, it actually the, yeah, the so beginning reminded me like the animal sacrifice part reminded me of Unspoken by I don't uh, think I Brennan. Yeah, um, there's something similar going on. It's a completely different plot, but something similar going on at like the inciting incident type of um, situation. Yeah. So yeah, I'm all about fires and broken glass. Apparently, is like a thing. It's a lot of my <laughs> book. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so the there's three types of witches um, in this world. So there's elemental witches like um, Hannah, okay. and her ex, and also her ex girlfriend is also an elemental witch, which is like part of their like, you know, it's hard to get over somebody when they're in your coven and they're in your face all oh, the time. Oh God, um, <laughs> don't I know it? Um, 
Right? <laughs> We've all been there. Um, so <laughs> trying yeah. to get over someone in so your there's, comment. Oh, no, the, here's the worst. I this is so when I was in college, the guy I dated, we broke up, and then the next year, so our senior year of college, he decided that he was going to take a couple of the same classes as me. So we were in a dance class together oh, no. for an entire semester. Uh, it was awkward. Sauce. Super awkward. God, it was the most awkward. And it was like a nasty breakup too. Ugh. And then I got to see him once a week, every week for my entire second semester of my senior year. That sucks. But the cool thing yeah. is that like now you're going to have a book out and you're super cool. And he's probably <laughs> sweaty somewhere like eating potato chips. <laughs> so it's fine. Uh, I don't know anything about what he's doing because I blocked him on all social media. Oh, but I like to think yeah. that he's still living with his mom. He definitely <laughs> is. And he's like keeping up with what you're doing because he's like I made a huge mistake <laughs> this is the whole thing that I just wrote in my brain about you two even though I just learned about him <laughs> so okay tell me all right you said there's elemental witches we got off track yes. because of the coven and the breakups yes <laughs> and so yeah what are so the other yeah, there's elemental witches, which, like the name says, they can control the four elements. It's sort of similar to Avatar The Last Airbender, but, like, different. Okay. Um, also blood witches, which are kind of like the creepy witches who um, use blood in all of their stuff. So we think animal sacrifice, blood witch, of course. Um, and then there's also caster witches, and those are kind of like your your spells and potions kind of witches. Nice. And now the three of them, none of them get along. And there's also a council that kind of governs them. And if you step out of line, the council can um, sentence you to having your powers stripped and you are no longer a witch. Boy, they don't sound like a good time, the council. No, they're, uh, I mean, they mean well, but, you know, they're government, so. Boo. Okay. So last thing, if... You could tell baby writer Isabel something that you wish you knew before you started everything. What would you tell yourself? Oh, man. Um, geez. That's like, I don't know. I feel like as much as like I've had a rough go of it, I feel like I've learned so much along the way. So I wouldn't necessarily want to change any of it. I probably would say to work on being more patient because that I'm not super great at and you need a lot of patience in this industry. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing, so beyond being patient, um, is finding really good critique partners who like get you and get what you're trying to do and can support you through all your highs and your lows because that's, it can take, you know, you can have some, um, you know, bad eggs along the way, but I think it's really important to find like your, your writer people. Because that's, you know, non-writers are just aren't going to get it. Like, mm-hmm. I love my wife, and she's, you know, helpful and she's supportive, but she doesn't get it the way that my critique partners do, my writer friends do. And she doesn't take you to Scotland with her. No, with, yeah, Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird being, so the, I think the funniest thing about Wales for me, and maybe this is like a very like privileged kind of thing. This is definitely a very privileged thing to say. But when I was in Wales, I was in like a little like corner shopping mart mm-hmm. and I was talking to my friend um, and I could like see these kids like looking at me funny and I couldn't figure out why they were looking at me funny. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm the one who has an accent and they think I'm weird. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like never and I was like, oh, right. This is a thing. Um, <laughs> That's so yeah. funny. 
Wait, I realize that's like a total like super privileged thing to like have to experience, but I was like, whoa. Because like normally when I would start and I hear somebody have like a cool accent, I'm like, ooh, that's cool. But yeah, so I was like, yeah, when you half a second, which is when like you, never happened since. <laughs> when you go elsewhere, yeah, it's funny how that works because you don't think of yourself as having an accent ever. Yeah. Um, but okay, so I think that's it. Thank you so much for being on Ride or Die. I had so much fun talking to you. Um, and what are you working on next? Where can people follow you? Yeah, so I am mostly on Twitter and a little bit on Instagram. So Twitter is at ISA Sterling. And then Instagram, same thing, but there's a dash. So it's at ISA underscore Sterling. Um, yeah, so that's and what's where your I'm, website? Website, isabelsterling.com. Woohoo, go to her website, follow her on Twitter, follow yeah. her on Instagram, leave lots of hearts and likes and oh, and they can add your book on Goodreads as yes. well, right? Yeah. On Goodreads okay. and does not have a cover yet, but hopefully sometime soon. Yay, excited for that. Super excited for that. Can't wait. Me too. All right. Thank you so much, Isabel. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode two of Fright or Die. And a huge thank you to Isabel Sterling for being on the show. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is at Clarabelle underscore Ortega. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.